the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us here every Saturday night on AM 1280 The Patriot, right at 6 o'clock sharp, where K-12 through education is the playing field. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, so succinctly stated, he said that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, and I'm joined by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy, Rebecca Hagstrom. Yeah, good evening, Mark. Good to see you. Good to see you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting through the... The end of the winter here. It is. Wait. It's still a chill yes. to the bones, though, I'll I know. tell you. We've got spring break coming up, though, so yes. I, I can feel the sand in my feet. Me, too. Already. Palm trees <laughs> and sunny skies. Here we come. <laughs> so, well, tonight we want to continue our focus on the growing number of Minnesota families that not only believe that they have their child's best interests in mind when it comes to their education, they are increasingly acting on those deeply held beliefs. And Liberty Classical Academy has experienced tremendous growth over the last few years. And with that growth, school administrators are growing in their understanding as to why a number of Minnesota families are determined to find the quality education that best fits their children's educational needs. Yes, that's right. And joining us in studio to discuss that increased interest in school choice and the steps that Liberty Classical Academy is taking to meet the growing interest is our Liberty Classical Academy Admissions Director, Abigail Johnson. Nice it's a to pleasure see to be here. Yeah, Thanks. it's great to have you in studio today, Abigail. And uh, I think this is your first time on the show, Education it is. America. It's my very first time. Yeah, well, we're so glad to have you in studio. And Abigail, um, as a background, has a legal degree and used to work at the state capitol in the realm of education. You want to tell us a little bit about that background? Sure, absolutely. So um, went on to law school several years ago, actually moved up to the Twin Cities for law school. Mm -hmm. Let's not talk about how long it was, though. (laughs) She looks very young, so don't Mm, worry. Yes, yes. So after law school, though, realized that um, really my passion was a lot of public policy, cultural issues. Mm -hmm. So that led me to um, work at the Minnesota House of Representatives, I had the the honor of working on policy analysis. So I was kind of the nerd in the background, mm-hmm. analyzing all of the proposed laws, all the proposed bills. What were the good? What was the good? The bad? The ugly? Mm-hmm. Um, the trip ups? And that was my job to help advise the legislators on you know would it be good for them? Bad for them? Um, mm-hmm. Let's take a look at it and really explain 
fairly complicated topics to, you know, these legislators, they have to serve on a myriad of different committees. And while they often do a lot of research on their own, they need people that really spend all their time on just a few issues to help them understand how that works. So Mm -hmm. that was really my role there. So I worked on the Education Finance Committee, also the Education Reform Mm -hmm. Committee. And a smattering of others as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeping an eye on their blind spots and providing those words of caution. Absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> and what I was going to say, too, is I think that really gave you a nice background for knowing what you wanted in education for your own children. You have four children. Yes. yes. And I know that when you came to Liberty, you said, this is exactly what we've been looking for. It was. I was a Liberty lurker. I had (laughs) lurked Liberty for a number of years. So I first um, was exposed to Liberty when my oldest was two years old. Okay. So I was looking, um, and I think that our story is fairly similar to a lot of Minnesota families. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, based on my history with education, I I was looking at patterns and and things that I was concerned about, Mm -hmm. uh, things that I... I wanted something different for my mm-hmm. my children, whereas my husband uh, had a different perspective. He said, oh, come on. We live in a I mean, we moved into a particular school district yeah. for a very well-known school district. We moved there for the public schools. Yeah. And he said, no, that's <laughs> California. It's not going right. to come here. That's mm-hmm. that's New York. It's not going to come here. And it, it's a lovely point in our marriage where now I get to say, so, and, and he will say, you were right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It, has, Sadly. it has come to Minnesota Sadly. and we're very, very thankful to have mm-hmm. our students at Liberty. Mm-hmm. That's so great, Abigail. Well, I really wanted our listeners to have a sense of your background because you really do have a deep understanding of education and now you are experiencing Liberty firsthand as well as serving as our admissions director. So we're very glad to have you in that role. So as the admissions director, you do receive that initial email or phone call from a family that's concerned with what they're hearing or experiencing from schools in their local school district. And this kind of ties into what you were hearing and experiencing, too. So when other families contact you at Liberty, what concerns are they communicating to you as it pertains to their outlook on education as a whole? And then what do they share with you when explaining why they are contacting Liberty for possible enrollment of their children? Absolutely. That's an excellent question. So one of the things I would say there's, of course, with each family, each family is unique in in what their concerns are, how their Mm -hmm. child is responding to their current academic environment. However, there is a main theme, and I think we're seeing that it's uh, Minnesota is just a small picture of what we're seeing nationwide, which is... Um, really the parents that call me more than anything, they don't feel like they are in charge of their students' education mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. They they feel like they're often finding things out, things that are happening in their child's classroom that they are concerned about. They're not hearing about it from the administration. They're not hearing mm-hmm. about it from teachers. Mm-hmm. They're, it, it's randomly coming up several months later that they're finding out certain things are being taught or certain um, activities are happening in the classroom. And um, they're really looking for, um, I think, a, a level of transparency and mm-hmm. respect. Um, that's something that Liberty is is excellent at. Um, I think that our philosophy really is that the parents are still in charge. Yes. Um, we are who we are. I, I consider my job uh, not to persuade families, but really to inform them of exactly this is who our school is, mm-hmm. and then to respect that it is their right as parents to choose the environment that is best mm-hmm. for their students. Mm-hmm. And I think while we can get into a number of other you know detailed issues of things that parents come and they're not happy with in their current school, 
it often comes into the bigger issue, which is nobody's mm-hmm. talking to us. No one is consulting us. Things are happening that we are not happy with, and they're feeling a loss of control over mm-hmm. their child's environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. That is happening nationwide. I mean, obviously, we have in Virginia, you know, Governor Youngden, who got in to the governorship in large part because he did say to the parents, hey, you, you're you frustrated that you've lost control of your child's education, and I'm here to say that we're going to put you back in the driver's seat. But interestingly, his opponent, um, who I'm already forgetting, McAuliffe. McAuliffe, he used the you know national teachers or national education unions uh, president at I think his final gathering before the election, and I think it was the night before the election, and that person stood up there and said. No, you know, parents are not in charge of education, and we basically we know it's best. I mean, then I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but the the voters of Virginia made clear what they think, yes. and um, so it is interesting and sad that it's happening nationwide. But I do think there is a lot of pushback. But regardless, that's one of the things you're hearing people say when they come and look at Liberty. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you touched on this issue of transparency, uh, Abigail. You know, what else are you seeing as you t- are taking families through the process of acquainting them with liberty? You know, this inquiry, this enrollment over the last few school years, what are some of the other uh, issues that maybe they've brought to your attention and that mm-hmm. they're seeing resolution to as mm-hmm. they now have become familiar with the process at Liberty and enrollment. Um, and as we chatted about this, just for purposes yeah. of time, do you mean more of academics or um, maybe more social issues within the classroom maybe or the culture of school? Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little, yeah. little bit okay. mm-hmm. So overall, um, a lot of our families, um, you know, I know we're all very tired of talking about COVID at this point, mm-hmm. but you know, to be very frank, you know, most schools were not as con- nearly as consistent as Liberty has sure. been in their mm-hmm. education over the past several years. So mm-hmm. while maybe the schools last year were st- were in person, um, they had very long quarantine times. Many of those schools are actually still doing that. So maybe the student was in close contact or close proximity with a positive case of a student in their class. And so the whole class is still being required to quarantine. So these students are mm-hmm. at this point moving on to two full years of mm-hmm. missing education mm-hmm. and the parents are finally going this might never end mm-hmm. there's i mean mm-hmm. at this point when when does when do i just know that my child will be in school right mm-hmm. um and they are looking at their son or daughter and recognizing their reading is not where it should be their writing is not right. their math is not and they're mm-hmm. waking up and realizing maybe this isn't you know i think we all wanted to give the benefit of the doubt in certain cases at the beginning and now they're seeing this could go on in perpetuity mm-hmm. and they're they're very unhappy with that well you're having school districts across the country too that are digging their heels in and they're saying well you're going to have to wear masks forever we don't see an end to this until we hit zero cases and so now you talk about the psychological development mm-hmm. and the mental health well-being of a lot of these kids, mm-hmm. too. So that's the next phase of this. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many. We could go off on that whole tangent for the rest mm-hmm. of this show, couldn't we? I right. mean, truly. Um, yes. But I won't. I'm going to bring us back. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What makes people then actually think that liberty is going to be different? Is it something they've heard? Or, you know, why are they actually contacting liberty? Absolutely. Um, I think just to paired off something that Mark was saying as well um, on, you know, what are they looking for? And Mm -hmm. you're you're bringing this up and it's an excellent question. Um, In addition to they're just longing for transparency. They're longing to know that 
that they understand when they drop their kids off at the door that they have a relatively good idea of what their child's day will look like. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, things happen. Kids are kids. No one is Mm -hmm. perfect. But they kind of want to know. I kind of know if something happens, how it will be handled. I know what books my child will be reading. Mm -hmm. I know if there's a discipline issue, how it will be handled. Mm -hmm. You know, that there needs to be some sense of understanding that they they have because they're gifting their child to us for Mm -hmm. a period of time and they need to kind of understand what they're what they're getting Um, but in addition to that I'd say that one of the things that just a great um, thing that often parents are looking for um, it it's personified when they walk in the door and they see our our students at Sawadeus and our children are placing their hand on their heart and they're reciting the Pledge of Allegiance Mm -hmm. most of the time when parents are walking around the building with me they take a deep breath and they say this reminds me of what I had when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. They can mm-hmm. see in our classrooms um, that the students are not in charge. Um, the the right. teachers are in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is a, a lovely sense of, you know, these are kids and they can be funny and squirrely and all sorts of things, but they're also working studiously. They are um, responding when the teacher asks them to do things. They mm-hmm. can look in and, and they see 20 first graders working on their math mm-hmm. and they go, Wow. I mean, everybody's just working so well. <laughs> and that that's a very mm-hmm. different experience than what they may find in other schools. And, mm-hmm. and you can see, I, I, to be very frank, I've had families uh, well up with tears. Mm-hmm. I've had parents take such deep breaths and you can just see the burden coming off their shoulders where they all of a sudden know I can, I can trust mm-hmm. these adults. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to rely on... I hope all the kids are nice to my kids today mm-hmm. because maybe the kids in some um, situations are more in charge. Mm-hmm. Maybe the teachers aren't um, receiving the backup from the administration that we have at Liberty. I make it very clear to them um, here. Um, we have a very um, upfront, um, very transparent to the students on day one. Here is what we expect for your behavior. Mm-hmm. And we hope that it is age appropriate we understand that kids are not perfect and they need lots of opportunities mm-hmm. to be reminded and corrected and right. lovingly moved in the right direction, but they are not in charge. Mm-hmm. And that lends such a sense of safety and structure to the classrooms that you can just see parents go, mm. I can see my child here yeah. and I can trust what's going to happen and how they will be cared for and they will also be held accountable lovingly mm-hmm. um, for how they treat others. And that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. That's really nice to hear this. I, I don't think I've actually had this conversation with you for a while. Yeah. And um, it is sad to see that there is such a distinct difference, but that's, it is an important distinction. I'm glad that it's very noticeable to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the accelerated rate of growth. Oh, boy. You know, as we're talking about this at mm-hmm. the school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, did, was there a point that you started having concerns in terms of the available space that was there at the current campus and, and the number of faculty members that are currently in place to serve the growing student body? Basically, what yes. was going to be needed to be in place for the uh, the uh, families that were coming in uh, to the school? If so, what, what concerns did you relay to the school administrators? Yes, I, I, I remember it was just about a little uh, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so part of my job, um, in addition to meeting wonderful families and getting to talk to them about classical education, I'm doing the nuts and bolts of 
how many seats do we have? Right. How, you know, how maxed out is this teacher? Where are the children academically? And and trying to help facilitate what will be the smoothest transition for our new students. Um, and one thing that we have at Liberty is uh, um, we have a lot of bigger families. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started creating kind of a shadow list, a little mm-hmm. private list of no one count on this, but this is what I think next year will look like in some mm-hmm. of these grades. And in particular, I was looking at um, a lot of siblings of mm-hmm. um, our current students that I knew maybe they weren't at our school currently, but they were planning on joining mm-hmm. um, this year in 2021, or excuse me, and then 2022. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I kept making the list, and I kept making the list, and it kept going down, and I kept adding names, and then I kept going, oh, and I forgot this person. Oh, yep, they've got another little one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then all of a sudden, I start, you know, the alarm bells start going <laughs> right. off in my head. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay, we, we, we don't have any room for new families at all mm-hmm. for kindergarten mm-hmm. next year. If every, if all of the people that I think will realistically enroll next year, and these are all people that you know, we would want them to be there. They have, you know, they have siblings here. They obviously are planning on bringing their youngest here. Well, we can just cancel all of our open houses now because I have no space, <laughs> none whatsoever. So I, I kind of, I kind of did a frantic tour and said, please help me, please help me, right. everybody, please pay attention. And, you know, and every, um, you know, Rebecca and the rest of the administrative staff, you know, to their credit, really, I mean, they stopped. Uh, we were still, we were still very much in the throes of COVID mm-hmm. at that point. Um, mm-hmm. It took over so much of what we were doing and so much of their time. And to their credit, they, they stopped and mm-hmm. looked and went, oh, shoot, mm-hmm. we, we need to figure this have out. To pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they did, and they immediately mm-hmm. be, began to really put place a ton of effort into how can we how can we continue to grow and make space for the families that want to be at Liberty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which we did. So that's the exciting mm-hmm. thing, yes. And I don't know if we're going to be talking about that, but just for a quick plug, we did purchase a, or we're in the process of purchasing a building and uh, that is going to provide more room for us to be able to expand. So... Yes. So we really have room for people now, yes. <laughs> which is good timing because people are hungry for what we offer. It is. Mm-hmm. All righty. So open houses and tours of Liberty, um, of course, play an important role in cementing the decision for new families. Um, but can you explain to our listeners the highlights associated with attending an open house and a tour of our school? Absolutely. So I would say that open houses and tours are just a little bit different. My goal um, for those experiences for families, a little bit different with each. So an open house is an excellent opportunity um, for families to simply come into our school. Maybe a lot of families are not terribly familiar with classical education. Mm -hmm. So it's a great opportunity for them to just kind of get a 50,000 foot view Mm -hmm. of this is what classical is and this is why it's different Mm -hmm. than you know, what they might see in other schools. Even if it's an excellent school, maybe the school has great values. Um, classical is just, in, of course, I'm biased, but it, I think it's head and shoulders above um, a variety of different methodologies. Mm-hmm. So they kind of get a 50,000-foot view of this is what classical is. They also, we try to drill that down a little bit. We try to give them examples. Um, so tomorrow we're actually having, a, well, we will be having an open house. Yes. Um, we, this is admission season. Mm-hmm. So we actually bring in um, some of our kids to do little demonstrations for the guests, mm-hmm. which is really, really fun to mm-hmm. see how joyful they are, how much fun they have. And yet it kind of blows your mind at how much they learn yes. in these classes. Uh, they also get to hear from some of our teachers and obviously mm-hmm. from um, other staff and, of course, our wonderful headmaster. So that, But oftentimes um, families might leave an open house and they still have 
they're not quite sure how classical Christian education fits in with their particular family and their particular situation. So that's where um, a tour is an excellent opportunity for them to come in Mm -hmm. and really talk to me about this is their situation. These are their values and priorities, and we can really discuss liberty, classical education, and our rigorous academic curriculum Mm -hmm. in more depth Mm -hmm. um, so that they can really see how it does or doesn't fit in with their family. Yeah, that's great. So do you anticipate that the highlight, um, that uh, that those points will remain intact, some of the special things that make our program special when we do split into two sections? It's kind of odd for me to be asking you this question since I'm helping make this happen. But, you know, what would you say about that? Some people will say, oh, I love having everybody in one building. So we are going to be split for, for a few years here. What are your thoughts on and is it going to remain as special as it is now? Absolutely. Um, that's a great question. And I'll be the first to say, you know, I will be so excited when we are split and then reunited yeah. again. Um, there is something very special about having our big kids and our little kids together. However, mm-hmm. um, the thing is, is that we simply we do not have space. Yeah. Um, and I am so thankful as I get to meet these wonderful families. I consider it a great privilege to get to introduce these families mm-hmm. to classical education, to liberty, that when they come in and we hear from them later on and they're happy with their decision, um, it's an honor to get to be the one that helps them through that process. Yeah. I do think that that will remain even though we have split campuses because truly because of our staff, mm-hmm. we have some of the best teachers yeah. In the not only in the entire state of Minnesota, but I would put them up against any teacher across the mm-hmm. across the country. Mm-hmm. Not just because they are excellent at what they do in academics, uh, but our values are the same, and so they are they are constantly pointing. Even in math, even mm-hmm. in science, they're pointing the, these precious kids to the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that, that will not change um, no matter how many buildings we're in, no matter how split we are. Right. Um, right. Our staff put their heart and soul into doing their job with yeah. excellence. Yeah, mm-hmm. Great. So true. I couldn't have said it better myself. Way to go. I, I really, I, I'm glad that you kind of approached it from that direction because I do think it's really important for our families to hear that. Mm-hmm. You were touching a little earlier just on how families, when they come to the the tour or, or open house, that they're saying, you know, I could see my kids being here. You know, this reminds me from when I was in school when I was younger. Let's let's focus a little bit more on that. What maybe are some other impressions mm-hmm. that you're getting from families, mm-hmm. from the you know the parents and also the kids as they um, as they initially, you know, convey kind of what's going on at the school as they're visiting. Sure. What are some other things you're hearing? Well, so in, in, in addition to, I'd say, again, 90% of the families are, are kind of in awe. Mm-hmm. Again, mostly with the classrooms are fairly orderly. You know, every once in a while we come in and the kids have been on three days of indoor recess. And we go, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, so today's maybe not a great day. We've right. got a lot of bouncing off the walls because they have tons mm-hmm. of energy. Um, they do, though, experience kind of a gamut of emotions. Um, in part, maybe they're excited. They love uh, classical. They're excited to finally find a school that, you know, matches their values. Um, even families that come to us that aren't necessarily, uh, maybe faith is not a large part of their family, but they look at um, how we do emphasize 
traditional Judeo-Western Christian values. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at, again, um, we, we want our kids to say the Pledge of Allegiance, not because we believe that the United States uh, is perfect, but because we are very thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very blessed to get to live here. Um, and hopefully our kids will go out into the world and continue to make the United States a wonderful place to live and be productive citizens. Um, so they see that, but sometimes they, they do run the gamut of emotions. So sometimes they maybe feel a little bit overwhelmed. We are a rigorous academic school. And so they will, um, especially for parents that they have not had consistent classroom education for the past two years, mm-hmm. and they maybe are aware that their child is behind. So then we are talking through that. Um, mm-hmm. What supports do we have to help these students transition to something that not only is consistent in the classroom, but it is a rigorous ac- um, academic education, so we do have those conversations as well. Sure. So, but I would say generally, it's very, very positive. Again, they're looking at, um, they love watching kids walk through the hallway, and and they're walking and waiting in line again, relatively quietly. <laughs> you know, they are still children. They are, ch- they are still children. You still get the occasional nose picker in there and <laughs> things like that. That you right. go, oh, buddy, please stop mining for gold right now. Um, <laughs> but um, so they're really happy. They see that the kids. And there's a sense of security there when kids know the adults are in charge. I understand what's being expected of me. And, you know, if maybe I need a reminder, um, it will be a gentle reminder. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the parents can sense that as well. Um, but then, of course, we're just looking at changing schools is always a big transition. So yeah. that is part of my job is helping uh, meet the variety of needs that come up with any big transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know what, Mark, let's go on to your next question because I think we're running low on time Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Yeah. So when a school like Liberty is committed to building students who learn how to lead, discern, learn, and to then go and create, build, lead, serve, inspire, you know, a lot of the taglines, you know, w- school growth is the foregone conclusion. And so with the the increase of the number of new students, share with our listeners for a moment what you've been hearing from families in terms of how enrollment at a school like LCA has changed their lives now that they're looking back. Mm-hmm. On coming in, well, that's I think one of our favorite parts as mm-hmm. staff is when we uh, when we get these emails. Uh, I mm-hmm. always try to touch base with new families a month or two sure. in, um, but at that point, you know they've they've maybe they're still transitioning. They're having a great experience, but it, you know it's mm-hmm. it's the families that have been there for six months, eight months, and and finally re- really seeing you know their their child has really begun to flourish, mm-hmm. um, and they've really begun to see the full gamut of what their student will learn at Liberty, um, and just hearing things like, this was the best decision we've ever made. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these families, uh, you know, they're looking at, maybe a lot of them are coming from school districts that they moved there because they were excellent, and so you could see this process of they're working through you know, we are going to now pay for something that previously we didn't have to with education. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say, um, it really, it's, it's very heartwarming to see down the road how much they are recognizing this truly was an investment in their child's mm-hmm. future. And it was mm-hmm. an excellent one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we hear things like joy and confidence. My child is confident again. My child, I feel like I got my child back. Mm-hmm. We've had children say the best decision my parents ever made was to send, the, send me the liberty. So it's pretty amazing. So in our short remaining time, you know, you've got about 30 seconds or more to um, say, 
a little bit about what the process is for applying. If we've got people that are listening today and they want to know more, what would be the process for them? And then, and what kind of openings do we have left at Liberty? Absolutely. So I would always encourage you to check out our website. It's got a lot of great information. It also has a number of places where you can reach out to me directly. I always mm-hmm. encourage families set up a time. Either it's a phone call, whether it's a tour. Our school is different. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not the same as other tours, and we want to really discuss that in depth with them. We want to get to know them. So if families want to do that, just reach out to me at admissions Mm -hmm. at libertyclassicalacademy.org. We'll set up a time. We'll get to know each other a little bit. Also, um, if after they've done that, if they're interested in applying, they simply go to our website, click on the Apply Now button on the top right-hand but, uh, side of our webpage, mm-hmm. and it will take them through the process, and then that application will come directly to me. All right. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Well, thank you, Abigail, for enlightening us about the happenings at Liberty in the last couple of years with respect to enrollment. And to our listeners, we hope that you will uh, go to libertyclassicalacademy.org's website and learn more. And if you want to listen to this podcast or another podcast, you can go to savetheclassroom.com, savetheclassroom.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and thank you, Mark. Yep, good to be in studio again. All right, see you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.